Welcome to this edition of the Million Dollar Mastermind Podcast. This is where we pick the brains of high achievers from all walks of life and get their hard-earned, real-world insights on winning. I'm your host, Larry Wydell. Okay, this afternoon, we're going to have some fun talking with Gus Gonzalez. Hey, Gus. Hey, Larry. How are you? This is, uh, I'm great. Thanks for asking. And, uh, you know, we want to dig deep in your head, Gus, and find out uh, what you've learned about winning all of those nuggets, all that information that you use to navigate life now, but we're took you, you know, paid a big price to get them. And like we were talking before, earlier you know the kinds of things you know to be true because they work for you they work with other people that you've coached and it helps uh form your uh processing of situations opportunities good things bad things and you you allow you to navigate life in a way that you can overcome bad things take advantage of good things and uh, you get, you know, even if it's something devastating, you can minimize it, you know, you can kind of keep it, box it up to where it doesn't impact you the rest of your life, you know, and so uh, and get your eyes back, you know, even if we, we all have things, <laughs> we're all flesh, we're all emotional and prone to uh, have someone pull our chain and, uh, even road rage, you know what I'm saying? But when those things, <laughs> when things happen, you know, you get all, all wrapped up in it. It's like, how quick can you, the fact that you get out of your mind mad over something or frustrated with something and this had exploded something, uh, doesn't really matter. What matters is how quick you can reel yourself back in and uh, say, whoa, 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 let's, let's, let's put, let's put myself back in a box before I, I do some harm to uh, myself. Like the employee, the, the employee who worked with the airline, I just read this this morning up in Newark, he got in a fist fight with an NFL player. I think it's an NFL, ex-NFL wide receiver. Ah, <laughs> this guy's at least not, a foot tall. Not a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow they got into it. And uh, it was an actual fist fight <laughs> at the airport. The guy came out from behind the ticket counter, and they were going at it. And guess who? Guess who got the crap beat out of him? The employee. The employee. You know, he was <laughs> hundred pounds lighter and one one foot shorter. <laughs> you know, there's times where you need to say to yourself, "Whoa!" So he not only got a beating, he got fired, and so <laughs> so. You know, we all have to learn these things that, you know, sure, you can show show yourself uh, out and, and strike back. But sometimes the one that gets harm from that is yourself. In fact, most of the time you make it worse for yourself. So, Gus, we're going to dig into those things. And your background, where are you right now today? Let's get the lay of the land. I'm in the Panhandle, Seagrove Beach, Panhandle, Florida. Uh, we're building a home here, a house here. Uh, we call this home now since the pan uh, pandemic. 
Well, we used to live in Atlanta. Well, we're out of Miami. I was originally born in Venezuela, out of Miami, moved to Atlanta. And here I am now, Panhandle of Florida, lovely place to be. Gorgeous, uh, gorgeous sunrises and sunsets. Yeah, on the, on the beach is oh, just yeah. beautiful. The sand is white. It's just gorgeous. Yeah, you'd think you're in some kind of a uh, Car uh, Caribbean, Caribbean island. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. But you don't have to fly for it. So, so yeah. Yeah. it's nice to walk out your door. And there you are. There you and are. So, <laughs> uh, you know, Gus, talk about now all of these moves. One thing in life, uh, as you go through moves, there's events that happen that are usually not necessarily good. <laughs> Yeah, that drive you forward. And, you know, we learn more from the things that go wrong in our life or people do to us or companies do to us or countries do to us and restrictions we have, things that are taken away from us. So what got you going out of Venezuela? Uh, I think most of us can kind of imagine, but let's specifically someone living in Venezuela uh, uh, and leaving for I guess opportunity in Miami. Yeah. What what was behind that, and what did you? What stage of your life were you? Okay, our, our situation was a little bit different because I'm 58, right? So uh, we, my dad was an entrepreneur, and he had a uh, business. I mean, upper middle class, right? So he had a business. He would import uh, vehicles from the U.S. to Venezuela and, and sold uh, them. And so he had a couple of stores. So he decided that it would be a good thing for us to learn English and that kind of thing. So he moved, kind of moved the family to Miami and he would go back and forth. Eventually, my that led to a divorce. <laughs> my parents, you know, divorced. He went back. My mom stayed in Miami. And then uh, I went back to work with him and then decided to come back. And it was kind of a little bit of politically driven. But I knew that I wanted to do something big. I just didn't know what, and I thought that the, the U.S. was definitely the place to do it. Now, how old were you when that move first happened? The very first time I was 14, and then I went back for a little bit, worked with my dad a little bit, and then came back at 26 again. Yeah, and that's a traumatic age to be uprooted Mm -hmm. and moved to another place. Mm -hmm. I went through it, you know. Yes. Uh, my father's in the Air Force, so. And imagine uh, imagine well, adding that a different language altogether where, you know, you're, you know, you get into high school and with like no English. I mean, just a little bit, but anyway. And so mm -hmm. how long did you, what was the best thing you did to overcome that and to get settled? And get well, let me tell you, I think I've been blessed this, this is kind of weird, but I've been blessed with either naivete or just a, uh, a, an, a half full attitude in life since I can remember, you know? So I never really dwelled on the, on the negative aspect of this. I met new friends, learned, uh, there was a bunch of other people because of the financial situation was really good in our country. It was a bunch of other people in my same situation that we kind of became friends, you know, and we kind of uh, made it uh, uh, a life. So it wasn't really that traumatic for me because of that. And, and I can look back now and see how, man, I never really focused on the negative aspect of it.
For those of you who are sick and tired of fooling around and are dead serious about wanting to move up fast, I've got something especially for you. I've combined the best insights from over 40 years in business and making $70 million in income and compressed them into a free webinar. That's right, it's a free resource. If you want to find out exactly what the concepts are that I use in coaching million dollar earners, register now at WhiteLOnWinning.com. You'll discover the five-part framework used by so many to reach their financial, personal, and professional goals. You can find that link in this episode's show notes. And so immediately you, you got in with a group. Yes. Yeah. And so you weren't alone. I, yeah, and, I wasn't alone. Exactly. And there's people to show you whether well, the great thing about that is kind of like getting started in a new industry or a new business. There's always people have been there before new community. It's, there's always people they can show you the ropes. You can show and you the ropes. I remember uh, when we went started our, our uh, aborted uh, expansion plan into the UK uh, we were going to build a big financial services organization over there. And uh, some of the guys went over there earlier. Mm -hmm. And thank goodness they did. You know, they went over there early. You know, they drove all over the country. They learned how things worked. And so yeah. when I got there, it was just a matter of talk to Greg Fitzpatrick, basically. Yeah. You know, yeah. Greg, you know, what do we do now, Greg? And he's, you know, he show you how the trains and how the underground worked and how the buses work. You go in here, you do that. And, and uh, what, I don't know what I would have done without it. And so what uh, you uh, came into this thing, uh, in fact, that, you know, what comes up in talking to a lot of entrepreneurs, they get an idea for, it's one thing to grow up and not have a family that'll support your idea. You know, I want to be a swimmer. I want to be this and the other. And you're on a ranch in Montana, you know, right. shoveling us, uh, you know, hay out of the stalls with the horses, but you really want to be a diver, let's say. Yeah. And then knowing you're, there's no pool for a thousand miles or something. <laughs> so, but a lot of times, it's a similar experience with all of a sudden you get this crazy idea for a product somewhere and if it's new nobody's ever thought of that uh in your circle yeah. but it's pretty much always going to be a trade group uh, an association and that it's in a similar type thing where you can go and pick the brains of people who have gone down that road or a version of it yeah. it was kind of like kind of like elon musk did with the uh space uh program and all of that stuff you know and so as you he never could get a space engineer because they, you know, someone did, he had to be the chief guy yeah. study to be it because none of them would jump in because they thought it was such a crazy yeah. idea. And, uh, you know, a private, what they said was a private person will never be able to afford yeah. to figure or out that. how yeah. to fund it. Yeah. You know, yeah. it needs to be a country. And so they would not join his, what they, you know, uh, Hindenburg operation, they were sure was going to go down in flame, you know? And so when you start off on a new thing, but even he picked up, got way down the road by talking to people who were in the industry and had the experience. And he was able to fill a lot of the lower level yeah. positions with people with experience. 
And so as you got uh, uh, into, so you got a new experience, but then your dad goes back to Venezuela and you went with him. How old were you then? So I stayed behind for a while, but I was really, I, I, I didn't, he, he paid for my college. I just didn't finish it. I just didn't take advantage of it. I mean, I was really a, a mess in terms of, I was a dreamer, but I had no backbone. You know, I didn't have follow through. I didn't have the character uh, that I needed to, uh, to stay with something. Uh, so I decided to kind of punish myself and eventually move back to Venezuela where I had, where I knew I had to get a job with my dad, which was not going to be easy, right? Because he was very strict when it came to that, right? So I was 21 when I, when I went back um, and 26 when I eventually came back to the state. So I was there for five years and I worked with my dad for a little bit for about a, a year and a half. And then I, I talked him into, why don't we open up a rental car business? Because since I was young, right? Like I said, I had these ideas. I was, I've, I've been like a serial entrepreneur type person, uh, but I just, I guess I didn't have those tools, but I started a lot of things. I just didn't know how to finish, but I started a lot of things. So I got him to do that. So we bought 12 cars, moved to an island. Uh, in Venezuela, there's an island called, offshore Mar Margarita Island. And uh, I, I started up kind of by myself. You know, I hired a guy that was gonna be the mechanic and uh, I bought an, uh, a Mac, the first, one of the first Mac computers and, uh, and just kind of rented those things out. Didn't know anything about it. I just kind of did my own field research with what was out there. And that's how, kind of how I got started doing things on my own. And talk about, some people go through their life. I mean, that's a point we need to address. Some people go through their life and they've started and stopped and haven't followed through. Yeah. And they're, they're, they've disappointed themselves. Yes. And it's important. Uh, you need to speak to them about what you learned about starting that way, which is not that unusual when you're young. Uh, starting that way, but basically growing a backbone, growing a toughness, learn, you know, getting to the point where you could not only just fantasize about a business opportunity, yes. uh, you could, and by the way, uh, I haven't done a good job of introducing you, you know, you uh, billion dollar earner, you've produced uh, on your team, you've helped mentor uh, three more million dollar earners, you have over 70 offices. And so, you know, just in the financial services side of your business, you've had a lot of other projects uh, that you've done along the way on the entrepreneurial side uh, to kind of tailor along with it. So you continuing to pick up new experiences and we'll get, we'll get to that later. But early on this experience, what what did you learn from that? What happened? And talk about the, say something uh, to the people that know they are at the point where they haven't demonstrated they've got enough backbone. But you said character yeah. to stay with the idea and basically to, to keep facing the challenges when it gets uh, rough. Absolutely. Um, 
I think that there is a tendency with people like I used to be, I don't want to say people like me, but people were uh, uh, of thinking, okay, let me try something else because this is, this is not working and it's not me. The thing is not working. The market is not cooperating. The product is not there yet. Something outside of yourself, it is so easy to blame things outside of yourself, right? And uh, because I, I think there's two, uh, two tendencies to either blame everything on yourself and just beat yourself, beat the crap out of your own self or blame nothing on yourself. And you say, it's everything, it's outside of me and it's somebody else's fault. It's the government, it's the regulations, it's the people, the competition or whatever, right? So what happened to me is that I transitioned from, I, from blaming other things and or people, and not, not so much people. For, to me, it was most, I, I don't know, this is not working, let me try something different. This is not working, let me try something different to getting to a, a realization that I needed to develop grit, to persevere, and then I needed to look at what I was not doing right. And that to me was the, it was a, uh, it was like an epiphany. It was like, it, I can tell you right now, it's a before and after in my life where um, I realized, dude, you need to change. You know, you need to change. And it was, most of the change was really character-based were things that, you know, I really needed character development. And, and uh, so I realized it, didn't beat myself up uh, for it and just uh, put a, a plan in place to grow in those areas. Let me give you a, I mean, quick example. I was late to everything, okay? And uh, I decided one day that I was never gonna be late again to anything, that I was gonna be early, right? And uh, so I became kind of obsessive about that. But when people used to tell me, dude, Gus, you need to change that, you're late. I used to think they were silly. You know, uh, one of my mentors uh, told me, it's, it's, Gus, it's about honor. And I, I literally laughed out loud. What does honor have to do with, you know, being a little bit late to a meeting? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then, but... But then when I was able to connect those things, it kind of opened up a whole new field, it's like a whole new world opened up for me. And what do you think was a primary thing that caused that to happen? Usually epiphanies happen when you're in a pressure cooker environment. Yes. And, you know, your, your standard way of dealing with things, a bailing out, don't work. Yes. Uh, you know, or have you done it too many times? Exactly. And you start to get ashamed of yourself and yep. can't find a real good excuse to bail out. <laughs> and you start, you know, you start investigating other options of like, how can I deal with it? Oh, I'm creating this. You know, so <laughs> how did you, what would you point to? Absolutely. Um, there were two things that would almost, almost happen simultaneously, right? Uh, one is a person. Okay, hold that thought. Yeah. All right. Because this is a great place for us to break. Thanks for setting this thing up. Thanks for that information you gave us. 
And I'm excited about getting into this because what we're going to be talking about on the next one is the epiphany that all high achievers have. Sometimes they have it young in the life, sometimes late later, but yeah. you're going to go through it if you're ever going to mount anything. So we're yeah. going to talk about that in the next one. Thanks so much, guys. All right. Thanks for listening to the Million Dollar Mastermind. If you felt there were any valuable takeaways from this episode, please take a minute and leave us a five-star review. Your feedback is important and really helps us get the word out to a wider audience. Remember, we have a valuable webinar that is absolutely free. Register for it right now at whiteallonwinning.com. Thanks for listening.